Hi everyone, this is Paul. Just before we get going, I'd like to give another shout out to BattleBards. BattleBards have just launched their website. Go see it now. It's brilliant. It's still in beta, but it's amazing. They've already got the soundboard up. They've got an early version of the mixer ready. We're going to start trying to use this stuff in game. So we're going to have character specific soundboards and I'm going to have a GM soundboard of, of stuff that I think is going to happen during the adventure. And we're going to try and start using these things at the table. It's not going to be this episode or next because of how the timing's working out. But after that, we're going to start trying to spice up the game at the table. Before we started recording, I used to use music a lot to set the scene. Now, we can't use music or long soundscapes when we record, because when I edit it, that'll all get chopped up and it'll sound really obvious and bad on the finished product. But since BattleBards allow you to download any sounds that you've bought, when someone uses a sound at the table, I'll then hopefully be able to go in in post and put a clean recording of that sound over the top of it so it won't sound like it's coming out of someone's crappy phone speakers. So I've put together another short piece, I'm going to call it the Storyteller, and I hope you like it. Legion! Mortuk Ascorachanus! Ashtiduhashta! Aseru Taukusoro! Wordash Krai! Tampa Tanya! Tanya Alawa! Dina! Nata! Ta ilasa gen oi! Ilasa gala ialpo na meo pereji de miket! Tera <laughs> and an update on the Sword Nut Swag competition. We've had a few entries, so let's give you a bit more time to get them in. So we'll call it the end of March. We'll announce a winner at the start of April. All we want you to do is do something creative. We don't care what that thing is. It's something creative. It doesn't have to be anything to do with us or the story or anything we've done, although that would be cool, but just do something. And if it makes us laugh, if it makes us cry, if it makes us hurl, then you'll be in with a chance of winning. So far, we've had a bit of artwork, the Conan nut done in paint. We've had a knock-knock joke. We've had um, someone sending a picture of their kid in reading the DM's guide, which, which was very cute. And we've had our first fan fiction. Yay! And that, that was actually a short story about Biddy's character, Oishi the monk, and his octopus familiar, Brian. And it's actually clean and rather sweet. And so uh, we're going to read that out later on on air and maybe produce it nicely. But, but he liked it and said it's now canon for his character. So that's cool. And maybe we'll revisit those characters because of it. So do anything. I Absolutely anything. A t-shirt. You know, tie-dye t-shirt and enter it in the competition. Crochet something. Do a piece of performance art. Have a pillow fight in the town centre and, and dedicate it to us. You know, just anything. Send your entries to swordnutradio at gmail.com. That's swordnutradio at gmail.com. Or to Twitter at swordnutradio. Or just send us a random fact. In fact, if you want to send us some random facts, 
that can be your Swordnut Swag entry as well. Just hashtag it, Swordnut Swag. All right, on with the episode. Hi, welcome to Swordnut Radio. This episode is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons campaign, Doors. Right off the bat, I want to say that there are a lot of audio issues with this episode. The reason for that is that we've been trying out some new audio equipment to try and get everyone mic'd up individually, and we've been doing that with some really cheap dictaphones, which I thought were a good solution if they worked. Turns out they didn't. They ended up clipping out short sections of audio every 30 seconds or so, it would drop maybe a second, half a second. So this resulting audio stream is all of those sort of chopped up and put back together. Thankfully we're also recording with a desk mic which enabled us to fill in some of those gaps but we're still left with a few places where nothing was recorded apart from the desk mic which unfortunately, because the room was really echoey, was rubbish. <laughs> so um, the, the, the quality of that is, is absolutely dire. You'll hear that at the start of the bloopers as well. It's it's beyond rubbish. We have a new player joining us. It's Dave from How We Roll Podcast. And we'll introduce his character as we go through the story. I know we haven't published anything in a while, and that's because I've been really busy with work and life and all sorts, and the typical holiday busyness. But right now, you can actually go over to How We Roll Podcast and hear me GM a game of Inspectors. So that's three episodes worth. And then guest in their 5e campaign as two different characters each one with a horrendous ropey accent. It was a lot of fun playing with those guys, and you'll see some more crossovers, I'm sure. I'd love Joe to come and play with us, bring some guest characters on the show, so maybe some of his characters will appear in our universe, and already one of our characters has appeared in, in his universe, so it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. The story so far is that the chaps have broken into the compound of the Shadow of the White, just outside the Kotavari town of Middleboss. Essentially, they've broken a deal with the Shadow of the Blue to take out the Shadow of the Green and the Shadow of the White, in that order, in order to consolidate these little stones of power amongst the group and then and then gain some strength and go and take on the Shadow of the Red, who is the leader. What they decided to do was come back and kill the Shadow of the White, double-cross the Shadow of the Blue, kill everyone, and either seize power or let peace return or do something else, we don't know. Unfortunately, their attack on the compound of the Shadow of the White was less than stellar, and it ended with Gimbal invisible, going through the manor house, finding the office of the Shadow of the White, where she was still working late at night, using Mage Hand and thus rendering himself visible, and levitated Bleak's old dagger, which had been coated with poison, through the office and hurled it at the Shadow of the White, without being able to see where it was going to go. She came to the door, saw him, and he did what anyone would do, and pelted for the nearest window, which happened to be behind her. So he ran through the room, defenestrated himself, and headed out through the palisade. As he was about to make his exit, he turned around and saw a huge blast of cold air, like a blizzard erupting from the window, blowing glass everywhere, icicles forming at 90 degrees out from the window. And that's where we'll pick it up. Let's go around the table then. So we shall introduce ourselves, starting with Tom. Hey, I'm Tom. I play Carahad, Dwarf Fighter. Hi, I'm Adam A. I play Gimbal Gallo Glass, Miniature Music Maker. Uh, Biddy, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Biddy. I play Rue, and uh, I'm post-viral, so I might as well be drunk at this stage. 
my brain my brain is not entirely with it tonight so you know i apologize for any squishiness on my part your character uh, um i am rue who is rue <laughs> <laughs> and we have a guest joining us dave my name's dave i play jace this week i think i'll be warbender and I play a, the, the most unmonkish monk you can possibly imagine. I'm Paul, I'm the DM, I'm going to kill everyone. So, uh, <laughs> we have... I'm glad I didn't put a lot of work into the development of this character from here. So, Jace, firstly, I want to see how awake you were when all this happened. So I want you to roll me, uh, let's call it a, just a flat d20. That's not a d20. That's not a d20. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty online role players. They are Twenty. Oh, right. Okay, you were you were absolutely wide awake. I want that dice. The, uh, <laughs> Stealing my gimmick. The last time I rolled that, three people barged into your um, accommodations. One of whom was bleeding and unconscious. You have the choice of whether you wanted to awake and be one of the people dealing with it, or whether you wanted to pretend to be awake. I'll be awake and deal with it, and and try and you know, obviously, I've I've been with the holy rollers long enough to have sobered up. Basically, as soon as anything strange looking, I'm just got an eye out for an escape. <laughs> Like I have from the moment I got here. So what looks like the dwarfiest dwarf who ever dwarfed, holding one of the Chosen's legs, comes in with a human at the other end of the Chosen, dump him down, and in what you perceive to be a very badly put-on Kotavari accent, somehow convinced everyone in the room that this guy had fallen and... Ah, uh, no, no, he, he stabbed himself in the kitchen whilst preparing food. It was a self-inflicted wound. He said he'd fallen on a rock. Oh no, he hit his head on a rock. Yeah, it's just the shot from stabbing himself violently in the leg. It was a very, very sharp rock. Very yeah. sharp. So, so he, he stabbed himself in the leg, I went into shop and, stabbed, and, and fell onto a rock, and that's why he was unconscious. <laughs> but you know full well uh, what a stab wound looks like from a dagger, as opposed to an accidental stab from a, a knife. This, this was uh, driven into his, his body with gusto, and he's bleeding. Although it was technically an accident, because Rue's a clumsy fucker. Yes. It, it was an accident, yeah. We're trying to stab him in the face. <laughs> oh, well, no, I tried to approach him threateningly, uh, you know, kind of brandishing the knife at his throat, tripped, and just plunged it into his thigh. <laughs> You're sort of, like, just shaking the sleep out of your eyes while this guy's bundled off, and there's a, a young lass who kind of takes charge, just says, oh, okay, fine, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get help. And two of the guys who've woken up um, immediately run off while she applies pressure and the two people who are there also in there say yeah we'll, we'll, we'll go and get help and they run off and so you're left with this lass and this unconscious scaly chosen guy who you're going to know uh, you know this is Carl this lass she's from Anna she's one of the new people so you know there are people who've been there for a while you know there are people who've just come along Anna. some of them are, are not willing to stay some of them are going to go home soon they know full well they're going to go home soon. There's a bit of a hubbub yesterday about some of them like going for like interviews or something, and like basically they're, they're all been taken captive. But if they want to go home, they can go home, and if they want to stay, they can stay. And so it's all about you know having a chat with the Shadow of the White, and as people go in for a chat with the Shadow of the White, most of them come out and decide they want to stay of their own free will. And um, I take it I'm, I'm I'm trying to avoid said interview with oh, with Gusto. Yes, yeah, absolutely. What would you like to do in this situation? Quickly bow and. Uh, the blood shall open the waist. The blood shall open the I think I should. Uh, I think I'll just go try and find some help here. I don't, don't quite, quite trust those two. They look like noobs. <laughs> and head out as quickly as I can through 
try and follow these guys who obviously look like they're up to trouble. You uh, stick your head out of uh, Roll me a quick dex check. I want to see how quickly, because these guys barreled out of there. D20 plus dex. Ten. Um, so that's pretty average. So you uh, put your head out. You see, you see the, the, the people who were in your hut who've gone for help opening the door to the kitchen block um, and there's all the light spilling out of there sort of, uh, as the rain starts to get a little heavier. And you see these guys, this dwarf and this human, uh, running past the kitchen block into darkness. Definitely going to follow the people who are running past the kitchen into the darkness, especially if I know there's a wall somewhere beyond that said darkness. As you do so, your immediate worry is a figure in front of you He's a green-skinned chap wearing like a silvery armour, which appears to shift around him. So it doesn't cover him, but it, it seems to be moving all around him at any time. And it seems like if he moves, it moves with him. It's almost like it's floating over his body. And he holds a silver sword. Not steel polished like silver. Silver. And he looks very confused. He's uh-huh. right in front of the door. In front of the door of the kitchen. You've opened the door, right. started to come out, and this guy has just appeared in front of you. I'm sorry, I just... The blood should open the way, the blood should open the way. Uh, you... Oh, one of the Chosen has been hurt behind me. I'm afraid you must go and see. There's some sort of... Dastardly is afoot, but all of this in passing as I just keep running as hard as I can. Quite, me, quite uh, a quick fellow. Run me an acrobatics or athletics check, your choice. Acrobatics. I roll 10, so that's a 13. 13. He grabs a hold of you as, as you're trying to go past and kind of platituding your, your way past. He just reaches out with his free hand and just grabs you and he brings your face to his. Um, and he starts just babbling nonsense at you like, What? What is Is he one of these lizard people? No. No. He's got, he's got green skin. Uh, he basically looks like the Grinch. He's got green skin, um, sort of green, greenish-brown hair, um, very, very pointy ears, no, and almost the, no nose. Just see Jim Carrey in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely look completely baffled and confused. I don't speak whatever language this is, so... He raises his sword. In that case, I'm going to unarmed strike and go for the full flurry of blows. Give me the nods. And you're going to have to remind me how to do this. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, the flurry of blows is 1d4, and then it's 3 at So you've got to roll times. to hit first. So first off, you've got to roll your hit. Oh, Nate, I'm going to spend a point of luck to re-roll that one. Mm-hmm. And they stick with the 8. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, try and lamp him, but because he's got hold of you, all he has to do is kind of like turn his shoulder okay. a little bit. The second attack. It's the fun thing about flurry of blows. Four. I'm going to spend another point of luck. And roll a 15. That's more like it. The 15, you see his shoulder kind of roll with it and it, it doesn't hit him. But he's not counting on the on the, the left you got chambered for the uppercut. <laughs> As you come up and you're thinking, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not going to get his nards, but he's going to vomit on this one. And he's properly let go. And it just connects with something solid. And you glance down and a piece of this silvery sort of rippling armor stuff has actually moved and intercepted your fist. <laughs> right. So the flurry of blows blow now. <laughs> it's another 15. Another 15. Um, and uh, tell me how this fails. <laughs> Basically, my fist just comes up. Again, third floor, straight for his jaw. And as my fist in, you know, connects with his jaw, my hand just goes... Oh! Well, something of an original gentleman, aren't we? <laughs> well, that would happen. 
if he was there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in, in which case, I probably, you know, this this furious martial arts dis, uh, display of complete impotency. I, I assume I just sort of spin around and fall on my ass and just think, what was I drinking? <laughs> uh, make me a wisdom roll, please. Six. Six. Okay, this is this is actually going to disorientate you a lot. What's happened is this guy didn't just step out of the side. He appeared. He was not there, and then he was there. And when you um, so went to hit him, you connected, and he was very solid. But you know, between you know the tenth of a second it took between one blow and the next, your blow connected very solidly, and then should have connected with his jaw, and there's just air, and he is gone. He's not holding you. There's there's no pressure on you. He's not next to you. He's not behind you. He's not done something tricky. He's just not there. Disappeared. I am now alone outside the hut. Question. Yep. Is this happening while Gimbal is in the house doing his various thing, or is this happening after he'd kind of like blasted out the window? I'd be in the house at this point because I went I went straight to the house when you guys ran away. Okay, in that case, then can I can I do a perception test with Fuss to see if he spots any of this because he's on top of the manor house, kind of like keeping a lookout still. Yeah, Fuss would have seen this. Okay. Although bear in mind that uh, Fuss's attention is probably on you booking it out. At the moment he's disappeared, you have just made it over the palisade. So, Jace, this guy is, is sort of left you sort of reeling. But um, what do you want to do now? Well, I mean, seeing things and feeling things and then having them disappear because they were possibly hallucinations would hardly be a foreign experience. But uh, I guess I'm just going to pick myself up and continue with my original plan and book it for the wall. Okay, so uh, you may do so. Um, as you run past two, the... two, two points of luck and one key point down. Yeah. Later on. <laughs> Spend those resources. Those precious, <laughs> precious resources. You're, you're going to uh, get up the, the palisade. You're just sort of like heading in a direction, but there's not many places to go. So you just sort of go in a straight line past the, the kitchen. And you know that the, you notice there's a lot of noise coming from the kitchen, pans being moved or whatever, and it's, it, it seems like there's, there's a bit of a kerfuffle going on. Gets on the palisade and there's a rope. Climb the rope. Indeed. Uh, Rue and Karahad, you've just made it down the rope. As you do so, you're just going to sort of hunker down and, and wait for, for a gimbal. It's just started to rain. You've just become aware of this because the adrenaline's been up and whatever. Now you sort of notice the breeze and a fresh feeling on your face. And you're like, oh, shit. Right. Okay. So it wasn't, wasn't a nice country night, you know, nice summer night. It was, it was planned to be. So it gets to the bottom of the palisade. Rue. What did you do yes. with your dagger? I believe I still have it. I've not really used it since my glowing example of daggeriness. Did you, did you just put it back in the sheath? Did you clean it off? I initially came out with it dripping in blood, hence all the questions off everyone. But then once uh, I'd realised my mistake, I cleaned it all off and it just went back in the scabbard. You look over at Karahad and he has got the biggest spider you have ever fucking seen on his shoulder. Like the size of your hand. Hmm. Um, well, this is going to end well. <laughs> I charge Eldritch Blast. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not actually firing it yet. It's just kind of like I'm just kind of like creating the energy ball of it in my hand in preparation, and I kind of look over to Karahad and just go, Karahad, <laughs> keep 
very, very still. <laughs> like Home Alone. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Images of Home Alone now. <laughs> As Rue charges up this, this Eldritch Blast, which you've seen him do many times, purple flame in his hand or whatever, and sort of he's staring at his shoulder. What's troubling you is that what seems to be crawling over his back is a fecking huge spider. <laughs> about, the, about the size of a dustbin lid. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Suddenly less disappointed by my apparition of a strange demon man. What do you do? <laughs> Slowly lift my shield. <laughs> I'm just going to let this play out between you. Just do what you want. <laughs> Rue, stay very still. <laughs> stay still you need to stay still and i need to grab something off your shoulder so just you know don't don't move <laughs> i with so much more energy in my hand i want to reach over and grab the spider there's a spider <laughs> so grab grab the bot grab the the spider with the ball of energy in my hand basically okay it's it's um it's an automatic hit carahad what you did gonna smack him in my shield <laughs> All right, roll, a, roll to hit with your shield. This is not something you generally train for. It's like two-handed holding the shield, just like bash it down. Whereas normally you'd be hitting people kind of like, you know, like a punch type thing. Um, oh, a shield bash. Uh, yeah, this, this, this is the shield kapang. <laughs> uh, flat strength roll. So D20 plus strength. Yeah. 17. 17, okay. So as Rue reaches out and, and crisps this thing, how is it you're reacting to the, the image of Karahad raising his shield and... Looking like he's going to bash your head in. I kind of think he's reacting badly because I, I, at this point, I don't think he realizes what I've done. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to kind of like raise my arm up to protect myself, thinking he's going to clock me one, basically. <laughs> so you raise your arm up? Yeah. Okay, I want you to roll a dex, and I want Karad to roll a dex. <laughs> yeah, that is a, a natural one. <laughs> the <best> three. <laughs> okay. So. I get no modifier on that either. So that is that's just one. <laughs> All right. Uh, you you two describe how this goes down. <laughs> the person that won the roll surely should describe what happens. Is that winning? Is it really? It's not. <laughs> Failed least horribly. Yeah. Tom, describe how how what happens here. Uh, well, I go to have the shield up in my arms. Come to bring it down. Your arm kind of comes up, and with the rain, knocks my shield, but doesn't stop me coming down really hard. And bam. Rue now has spider bits. Like the Ica from eight golf ball size eyes splatters over your back. Uh-huh. Sort of drips down your neck a little bit. Um, and your arm is numb. I want you to. Please, uh, give me a 1d4, please, Tom. Four. You take four points of damage. Yeah. As this connects with your, with your arm and stuns you a little bit. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, cheers for that. <laughs> you now have a dustbin-sized spider still clinging to your back. It's dead. <laughs> it's very dead. But it's still clinging onto your back. <laughs> uh, am I aware that this is on my back? Because, I mean, it, it is raining. You it's, are it's now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's head just drips down it's, it's been drip, well it's, it's eye Ico is dripping down your back and Karad very clearly squished it <laughs> in that case then I am essentially hopping around quietly going ew 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 
Generally <laughs> being a little bit freaked out by this, but knowing that I need to keep quiet. Jace, you just saw this on your way down the rope. Glad to be joining a rather pleasant party here. <laughs> you want these brothers and sisters, are you? I instantly charge um, Eldritch Blast again. <laughs> <laughs> it's how all superheroes meet. <laughs> There's something weird happens and they fight. Yeah. Okay, play this out between you. What do you want to do? I guess I'll, I'll, I'll drop to the floor in, in some sort of acrobatic feat and like, I assure you, I'm not part of the cult people friendly happy things. I'm quite a miserable bastard, I assure you. <laughs> and you're the goes. reason for all these spiders. Did you say spiders? Oh, fucking hell, I hate spiders. Especially when you haven't had a drink in a couple of weeks, you feel like they're crawling all over your skin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As you approach them, um, how's your, your personal hygiene? Fairly good. I mean, had a bath in a while? I, I bathe whenever available. I don't know if these hippie-dippies hippie dippies are pro-bathing. If they're pro-bathing, I would have availed myself. Otherwise, I'd be a little bit ripe. Yeah, they're probably pro-bathing, but there's lots of facilities. So at this point, um, you've, you've been feeling a little bit um, itchy. So, you know, the, the lice and whatever. You've been sort of combing and whatever. Lice, the, 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 hallucin the hallucinations because I haven't had any drink. All of a sudden, you feel really itchy and you feel like a pressure around, uh, on your head. On my head? Yeah. Karahad and Rue, this guy who's making his protestations or whatever, uh, you, are, you are paying attention to what he's saying, but you're a little bit distracted for the fact that he seems to have marble-sized lice on his head. Oh. Oh. I thought you were going to say spider. <laughs> <laughs> right, lice. Just like the giant rat we saw. Yeah. Do you have an obsession with, with creepy crawlies? Is it just, oh. No, no, he's, he's, he's doing like size magic shit. <laughs> Gentlemen, I, I, get, I get the feeling from your gazes that there's something not quite right. It, yeah. um, Step away. Worst night ever. Does does that not itch? What, what, what should be itching? I did. We were escaping not, a cult here, not discussing personal sensations. Are you not aware of what's happening in your hair? <laughs> My hair. Your, yeah, your hair. But feel my head tapping around. Can I feel these things? Or? Absolutely, yeah. As, as you sort of, uh, sort of brush your, your hair and sort of tap around your head, you, you actively knock these things off and they just go skittering away. Oh! Fuck! Devil! What the hell? And I'm just manically brushing my hair and just, just going nuts. Is that, is that a spider's leg hanging off your shoulder? Yes. Ah. <laughs> That's where I keep them. <laughs> <laughs> there is also what appears to be a white spectral spider hanging off the back of the human. Um, while on the subject of creepy crawlies, you do realise you have a spider hanging off you, rather white, <laughs> spectral-looking, <laughs> ghosty kind of ugly thing. <laughs> Don't worry, it's dead. <laughs> Rue, I want you to, to roll me a wisdom check, please. Ooh, 20, not natural. Okay, you look over, and you have this moment of clarity when you just sort of like, it's, it's all just like, okay, weirdness, we're used to this, it's fine. You look over, and in a very calm, almost eerily calm, like, I really shouldn't be this calm about the ghost of a spider that my friend has just shielded to death. And that I know is dead because I felt its life dripping down my neck. But this is fine. 
This is this is fine. This is normal. Rue's brain has finally broken. <laughs> and apparently the rest of us. But again, I think I'm the only person here quite used to hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I'm going to do a detect magic. This is the first time the large insect things has happened since I've actually had this option. <laughs> do, you, do, do I need to? I need to roll for this, don't I? No, I'll give you the detect magic. You get basically a whiteout. It's like it's like white noise. Um, so you're looking around, and normally you'd see like an aura around a particular object or your thing. Like uh, when you were crossing the border and there was the king's dike, yeah. And you saw the magic within the sort of abjuration magic within the king's dike, and when there was a break in it, you saw like this golden effect in the air, like it was still there, but it was translucent. It was like it's, you, you knew it was just this aura. With this, this is almost like a solid white light. This is everything. This isn't a particular school of magic. It's not a particular flavor. It's just magic. It's energy. And it's the same sort of feeling that you had back in Kyneton, the village, where you had that massive fight, and you were trying to figure out what was going on, and it was just noise everywhere. Okay. In that case, then, I'm going to... Knowing what I know from that encounter, I'm going to see if I can draw upon this energy that's obviously in the air. You can draw upon it. Try to, anyway, yeah. Brilliant. How is it that you're, you're trying to draw upon this? Well, last time I knew that there was just kind of like this residual force in the air, and I kind of channeled it accidentally. So this time around, I'm actually going to calm my mind, calm myself, take a breath, and kind of almost kind of like try and breathe it in so I can then try and do something with it. It's great that you can't see me reach for the books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd assume some kind of random table would be involved with Roll this. me a D100. Or the look of, of demented glee on his face. <laughs> that is 75. Karahad and Jace, you see Rue start to glow with a bright light. It extends out from him and it just grows and grows and grows. Eventually it extends and it sort of, you know, hits the side of the palisade and keeps going and keeps going and it becomes painful to look at. Oh shit. Uh, I want you to roll me some deck saves, please. 13. Not natural 20. Karahad, you have to turn your head away very quickly from this um, as it starts getting brighter and brighter and brighter. But um, you're obviously concerned for your friends, so you don't quite turn your head away quite as quickly as Jace, um, who also has the, the presence of mind to think, this is getting really strong, and he puts his arm across his, his eyes. See uh, no evil. <laughs> as it grows and grows and grows, and it just, as it's growing and, and gradually increasing, it gets to about, you know, it's, it's, it's well above the height of the palisade now. Um, and this, this could be seen probably for miles around. You know, people, this is a, a huge fucking beacon. And then it just flares. And it stays flared. And Karahad, you're now blind. Ooh, well dear. Um, Good job. Biddy, you can see the light. It doesn't seem to be affecting you in the same way. Uh, at, at this point, we're at night time. So this is like almost like I'm now surrounded by a bubble of daytime. Yes. More so. It's, it's like if you were um, standing in front of one of those... Um, Searchlights that they strapped to helicopters. You, you are, are the bat signal right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's like there's a spotlight on you and it's fucking huge. This is a 30 foot radius bright light. Rue, I can't see. Oh, <laughs> shit. Rue. I grab hold of Karahad. Rue, I'm blind. Start, start trying to move away from the edge of the, the wall. All right. Does the light move with me? It does indeed. It seems to be centered on you. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gimbal. As you make it to the, um, the top of the, the palisade and this shattering sound hits you, um, uh, you, uh, you, you know, you've 
basically you've gone over the side and you're just about to, to you know gripping the rope and you're just about to shin down and you see this blast of you know cold air and ice and stuff and these icicles form coming out of the window this 90 degree angle you're, you're absolutely transfixed by it and it dies down and then the world seems to light up <laughs> from beneath what do you want to do gimbal's just going to shout turn off the fucking lights can I, can I hear this? Am I close enough to hear that? Oh, yeah. He's 14 feet above you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a bard. He's used to projecting. <laughs> At this point, I'm shinning down the rope. You know, shin down the rope. Everyone's collected at the bottom. Gimbal, I'm fucking blind. <laughs> no! What did you do? <laughs> Suddenly regretting running away with three obviously stooges. <laughs> we don't know. I don't care. Let's just fucking cheese it. What the it. fuck happened to your head? <laughs> <laughs> just channeling Jay right just, now. Just to give you a, a, an idea of what's going on here, you've got uh, Karahad, um, who has like a lump of burnt stuff on his shoulder and is kind of like looking around, like, uh, you know, trying to feel his way around while Rue leads him away. You've got another chap who's hiding his eyes. Um, who've no idea who the fuck this man is, although you might slightly recognise him from the hut. Um, he's never seen you before, though. And, yeah, yeah, that's 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 a ghost spider on Rue's back. <laughs> oh, shit, I recognise you. And just walking out of nowhere, looking directly into this night, absolutely no problem, like with a, a dark band around her eyes and a gold Ugh. hat, which is like a cube, and then a... Big, bulky, golden backpack comes a little lady, <laughs> who you might know. <laughs> now, what the fuck is going on here with y'all? <laughs> oh, God, not her again. Have y'all, ha- by any chance, happened to have seen Elden Love Flute? I heard he was playing around here. I haven't seen anything. I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice for you. Who are you? I don't know you. Shut up. Elden Love Flute, ladies and gentlemen. I, I assume the little one's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> and she's gone. And there's no spider. And there's no light. Gimbal will me ever leave me again. Has got, like, <laughs> dancing lights in front of your eyes. Like we've just seen my son's headlights over in the dark. And it's, you've got that after image burned into you. It's, it's fading, so you're not like worried about your sight, but it's, you, you still can't see me. Jay Jason covers his eyes and like, who was that utterly enchanting voice? I, I must find her. Where is she gone? Gimbal's just going to point off in some random direction that way. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. What are you ready? Gimbal's going to grab Karahad's other arm and j- just with Rue start hustling Karahad off towards the nearest cover. Yeah, I agree. Uh, roll survival, please. I I said the nearest we're just going to fucking run until we get somewhere Uh, I'll tell you what roll me a wisdom this is uh, this is our version of an idea roll never mind that one (laughs) fuck you know okay pick pick me a random direction that's where you're going 
North northeast. North by northeast. Yeah. Okay, so um, you're basically at the corner of this this place, and north northeast was kind of like where you would stop to, to camp, um, sort of back towards the the river. So you sort of go, oh fuck, and you just revert to like, uh, at least I know that way. I'm going to go that way. <laughs> um, so these guys are all bundling off, like in an incredibly confused state. Do you want to join? Please, for the sake of the <laughs> campaign. For the sake of anything better to do. Yes. <laughs> uh, gen- gen- uh, do you have any idea where you're going? Do you know anywhere better? If not, shut up and help. Help what? Uh, wander off in a random direction? Where else are we going to go? Karahad is starting to sort of totter around in the wrong direction. What, what, what? <laughs> no, no. Me and Rue are both guided yeah, by an arm. As soon as you let go, he's never wandering. You weigh 40 off. pounds. Rue weighs like 90 pounds. <laughs> Karahad weighs about half a metric ton. Yeah. <laughs> if he wants to go somewhere, yeah, I think there's it's, nothing he, you he, can do. As I, <laughs> The thing is, his eyes don't work, his legs still work, so if we're pulling him along, he's going to fall. He might not feel it. <laughs> you said nothing about losing feeling. He carries barrels for fun. He's like, like the pressure of, of a moth's wings. <laughs> it's not that. I just got this little picture of me pulling on his arm with the legs just going like that and churning up the moths. <laughs> Alright, um, so describe what's happening. This is, this is entirely your thing. The, um, the weather is kind of closing in, the rain has started in earnest now. You can hear the rumble of thunder. And, and, and we're no still cover. fairly near to the cultists' compound, yes? I'd say you're within about 50 yards of it now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I take it you gentlemen aren't, aren't the most friendly with my erstwhile brothers and sisters, by force. May I suggest we, we, we leave here and find somewhere out of the rain where we can recoup and recover? And Gimbal's just going to like look over and sort of give you the eyeball of like, are you fucking mental? Like, what does it look like we're doing? Heading back towards the compound. No, away. North, northeast, away from the compound. Yeah. Can I make a survival roll to see if I know somewhere better? You may indeed. It's a 15, it's an 18. Oh, wait, it's a 19. It's a 20. It's a 20? With my Excellent. proficiency bonus and everything else, yeah. You came to this, this town of, uh, on, under your own steam um, up the road from the coast, so you know that the way they're heading is off towards the river, which is quite low. Um, so deep channel, low river. Or maybe not. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Who knows? I do. I know the geology. Fuck you. Uh, you know that, that that's, that's kind of the way they're headed. And you think maybe they're headed to like hide maybe behind a little field boundary or something or, or like or inside that little river channel. And you think that's a fucking stupid idea um, because we're going back towards the town and when it gets lighter, everyone's going to be able to see us. Like if you're in the river channel, you'll get flooded. If you're out of the river channel, they'll see you. Question. Yes. You said heading back towards the town. Wasn't the town to the west of the compound? Yes, I thought that as well. That's part of the reason I said north, yes. northeast. Yeah, no, yes, okay. So, um, But anyway, in, in essence, what they're doing is they're heading towards the great wilderness of nothing. If they want to keep heading north, whatever, that's just generally a bad idea. You also know that this river um, actually comes up, heads north, and then turns east. So eventually you're going to have to cross that thing anyway, and it just seems like a stupid idea to you. Um, whereas the road west is nice and there are there are many places along either side of the road where you can kind of bunk down there's like lots of field boundaries and like pinfolds and um all sorts of things like you know um uh, there's a lot of rock in the area lots of lots of field stone so the field boundaries are quite broad um in some cases they are the path um and sometimes like people have built little things in there little shelters or whatever or uh, they've built stock enclosures or Mm. old barns things like that uh, gen- gentlemen, do you realise that if you don't have a boat, there's there's nothing for you in that direction? 
Whereas the road, heading in a, in a very pleasant direction with plenty of places to, to camp and, and to shelter, is that way. Okay, I want to look at him with a very serious look on my face and say, what's your name? Uh, my name's Jace. Surely you've heard of me. Jace the okay. Pirate. Jace the no. Fearless. Jace the Unquenchable Sex God. Gimbal, make me a history roll. <laughs> Seven. You've never heard of this motherfucker. <laughs> okay, Jace, I have a question for you. You're walking through the woods, and a small metallic globe with tiny little wigs and long spindly legs comes walking by. What would you call that? What? Roll me an intelligence. Oh, crap. <laughs> I'm going to use my last point of luck. Last point of luck for this. And I roll one better, so instead of a three, I roll a four, so that's a three. <laughs> that actually does strike a chord with you. You don't know what it is at all, but you've seen one. Yeah, uh, I think I've seen them, but what does that have to do with anything? The important thing is you didn't call it a fucking wood angel. Right, I'm willing to listen to this guy. <laughs> Always advice for now. <laughs> Gimbal, Gimbal's gonna shrug and say, "Good point." Carahad, <laughs> right. your eyesight is starting to come back, but it's still night time. Um, so you're still, you, your your night your dark vision really hasn't returned. So yeah. you've got the same sort of vision as a human. Okay. Moment. So you're gonna head to the road. Are you gonna follow this guy? This crazy wide-eyed loner. Yep. Okay. Heading down the road, um, you know that you could probably within half a day now you can sort of like get your wits about you as you return to the road um, you know that within about half a day's travel is that there's that pinfold that you uh, you kicked in uh, the other day Um, and this road also leads to the place where you were told by the shadow in blue by Zina to go and find your your boat to the north I'd like perception rolls from the lot of you please Karahad with disadvantage 19 13 13 room uh, 19 for me and uh, 17 for Fuss. Okay, um, you uh, Fuss is in just the right place to see it. Karahad, you, you can't make anything out. You see, it's you know you're, you're actually trying to adjust to this because you're not you used to be able to see in the dark, um, so it's kind of disorientated a little bit. Gimbal, you start hearing some pretty serious commotion going on, like uh, like the equivalent of someone raising the hue and cry. And everyone is just going for it. Because when one person does it, everyone else is supposed to do it. That, that's how it works. And obviously it's the same here, but just maybe a different phrase or something. So you hear this cacophony starting to come from the compound. Rue, you've got the presence of mind to sort of remember that the fuss is still within the compound. Um, and if you haven't commanded him to come to you, I'll say that he's like maybe in the air above the compound, like doing circles around you guys from above. And he's got dark vision as well. So um, what he can see is that you sort, of, you sort of check in on him and he actually relays to you not just what's going on now, but what he has seen. And what he saw was everything that's just been described. And once you left and the, this huge light went off and all that, people streamed out of the kitchen. There was blood flowing. People were sort of like holding themselves like they were injured. Someone ran into the manor house through the main doors. And then there was more shouting and people were getting very concerned. And that person came out. And then more people went in, and more people came out, and people going in and out, and everywhere just fucking erupted. And the main doors, about five or six people uh, ran to the main doors, opened them, and have just started 
running as fast as they can towards the town. What do you want to do? Just tell me what Fuss is. Obviously, he's a, he's a familiar, but... You won't have seen him yet. Okay, fair enough. Just see, just see the guy nodding his head around as if he's communicating with something he can't quite mm. see. That's not the weirdest thing you've seen. <laughs> not the weirdest thing I've seen in the last 20 minutes, no. I'm going to call Fuss back to me because I know he um, can't be too far away from me. So he's going to come back to me. I'm going to suggest that we get the fuck out of here <laughs> as fast as we can. Jace, the, un- the next unusual thing you see is that um, a small cat-sized purple dragon. Like, <laughs> dragon, dragon. Like no, This is right. like, people have seen said, oh, the, the Chosen are like dragons and the Shadows are like dragons or whatever. And they're like people with dragon features. Fuss is a Fucking dragon, just cat size. He is actually predominantly green with kind of like highlight tips of blue. That's important for some reason. Yes. <laughs> I think it's because it matches his dice. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So th- this, this thing sort of alights onto, onto Rue's shoulder and no one seems to bat an eyelid. To where he starts nibbling on the spider leg that is still hanging off my shoulder. <laughs> Oh, lunch. <laughs> I, I, I am deciding I'm drinking more. I see less weird things <laughs> when I'm pissed. <laughs> okay, so you're just booking it down the road, I just just run. Just fucking run. Terribly happy to run away from that place. Okay. You see uh, also, as, as Fuss sort of comes to join you and starts nibbling and sort of, you know, turns around because he's got a, a bead on where everyone is, basically. It's actually Fuss that notices that as well as the people running towards the town, there's a couple of people running down the road towards you. Shit, guys, we need to get off the road. Okay. In that case, I'll, uh, I'll stealth towards the nearest hidey hole. Okay, firstly, roll me a perception, see if you can find one. 16. Yeah, you can probably find something. Roll me a stealth. Eight. So you spot one of these big random boulders that's been joined up by a couple of uh, field boundaries. You decide that okay, I'm going to book it over there. Maybe sort of like motion everyone towards it. Everyone sort of runs runs towards there, and you make it over absolutely fine. These assholes, however, uh, <laughs> ruin the whole thing. It's definitely their fault um, by sort of coming over and, and knocking over stones and kind of like you know. And there's a pretty clear trail that you've led over the top of this field boundary. Like there's, it's obviously been disturbed. Good. <laughs> what do you want to do? I'm just going to duck down. I don't think with with, with a half blind dwarf. Whatever, very, very whatever Shorty here is, and uh, one of the weirdest humans I've ever met with a dragon on his shoulder. I'm happy for whatever we get. So you just gotta hunker down and wait. So Rue, have you actually sheathed your dagger right now? Oh shit! No, you're right. Because I stabbed him in the leg, didn't I? Yeah. So uh, basically, you've, you've had this in your hand, and you've walked with it in your hand. I think yeah. I think it's just kind of been in my hand since <laughs> this all happened. Because I've I've not done anything with it. I've not consciously even remembered that I was carrying it because everything's just been happening too quickly. So yeah, I'm just carrying it. So you, uh, you sort of lean down and everyone's hunkered behind the, the, the rock and all of you are thinking, like, yeah, we're, we're so stealthy, guys. Like, you don't even know. We're so stealthy. Um, <laughs> bro, do you even sneak? <laughs> and these uh, chaps who are running down the road, obviously looking for the source of this light, they, they seem very agitated. Has um, he stopped glowing? He has. Just, <laughs> after, just after we started heading north, north, northeast. Everyone roll me a, a flat D20 apart from Rue. Does I include 11. Fuzz? No. 19. 11. 10. Karahad, you're, you're keeping your head down 
um, and your, your your sights returning, and so uh, you, you find that your vision's uh, coming in. And so rather than looking over the the wall or sort of looking towards the sounds that are coming down this road, you're actually looking straight down. Uh, it's more or less towards ruin. Just uh, in in your sort of centre of vision is is you notice this odd thing. It's, it's Rue holding this dagger. There's blood on it. He's he's done the sensible thing and not sheathed it and thus ruined his scabbard and all sorts. So you're thinking, hmm, yeah, sensible. That's what I'd have done. And just as you're thinking that really odd pause, you're thinking right now, it drips as it hits the ground. There's a a little like weed growing there, and it just starts growing and growing, gets larger. It sort of unfolds and looks at you. It's a shrub. It shouldn't be looking at me. Shrubs don't have eyes, but this thing has eyes. It's not me anything. I swear those mushrooms I picked were good. (laughs) Dave, you can do the honours. High or low for a good result? High. That's a bad miss. (laughs) And it screams. It just shrieks. And it actually sounds like someone, um, uh, you know, like like a a tree falling over. And it's either that kind of thing. It sounds like that. And it draws the attention of the three um, folks on the other side of this. Field boundary. You charge towards you. Everyone roll initiative, please. Nine. Four. Five. Sorry, uh, two for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 11 for Fuzz. Okay, the way we're going to run this is a little bit more um, uh, narrative-based. You, you've lost to everyone else. So I'm, I'm going to um, roll for these guys in, in a particular order. But then you guys can go and you decide who's going next, okay? So the person who's just, who's, who's just going to go, uh, or just take your, your move, then you nominate someone else to go. Yeah? Okay. Cool. So first off, this thing like shrieks in front of Karahad, and instantly you're, you're sort of, you go, oh, fuck, we were supposed to be stealthing, weren't we? And your, your head comes up, and... Whatever most unstealthy motherfuckers... <laughs> It takes a swipe at you, but because your head's just jerked up, to sort of see, did anyone see that? It sort of brushes by your face, and you, you, you feel these, these thorns come past you, and it, okay. it's a bit, it sort of nicks you a little bit, but just misses you. That was do, a surprise do, round. Do, do, do. Let's see, does a 12 hit your AC? That's 15. So it does not hit you. Yeah. Uh, it swipes again, and it just rakes at your... JR. At this point, the, um, the guys across the road sort of charge across, and... Um, I'm going to say that they are going to use up their entire move just to get to the top of this boundary. It was, it was pretty hard going over there. So if you want to go up this boundary wall, it's five foot tall and about ten feet wide. <clears throat> if you want to get up there, it's difficult terrain. It's going to cost you twice the movement it normally would. And there's also a boulder next to you, this little big black jagged boulder next to you, that's about at least 20 feet tall, 15 feet wide, and all sorts of odd shapes. So they all get to the top of this uh, field boundary. Let's see if there's anything they can do. One of them's carrying a crossbow. Oh yeah. Um, so one of them sort of gets to the top, puts a puts his leg out in a cool pose to steady himself, and rolls seventeen versus uh, one, two, three, four, four. He fires it at Jace for uh, seventeen versus your AC. Uh, my AC is sixteen. It's going to hit, and it's going to I, do. I am going to use my reaction to deflect or catch a missile. Uh, 1d10 plus my deck. That's if it pipe. hits you, is it? Oh, that's if it hits, yeah. Starting at level 3, you can use your reaction to deflect or catch a missile when you are hit by a ranged weapon attack. Do so. When you do so, the damage you take from the attack is reduced by 1d10 plus your dexterity modifier plus your monk level. 
You can just do it. You can just do it. Fuck. I'm a fucking agile motherfucker. Drunken master style. Nice one. So it's three plus three plus three, so nine, nine reduction in damage. damage. Um, and the damage is... Heavy dice. Negative. I think you heal. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, just because I can, I'm going to use a key point to catch the missile and throw it back at them. Okay. <laughs> <It's> like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Range attack with a weapon of choice is a piece of ammunition just caught. As part of the same reaction, you make this attack with proficiency. Regardless of your weapon's proficiencies. So, so 15, so non-natural 20. That is going to hit him. Four. Four points of damage. Holy shit. Snatch it out of the air, flip it over, catch it by the lights and whip it back at him. So like I say, he's, he's come up and he's put his leg up on a, uh, <laughs> on a, a slightly larger rock to sort of go, cool there. position, shoot from the hip kind of thing. You throw it back and it hits him in the inner thigh. <laughs> So that's, that's basically all that, that they can do. Um, you do notice the guy you just attacked, is, he's got a club, and the guy next to him appears to have a longsword. I want that sword. So it is now the party's turn. Who wants to go first? I'm still just looking nonchalant after that cool-ass move I pulled. Is that looking around? <laughs> <laughs> eh? 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 <laughs> what, no round of applause? <laughs> <laughs> Where are these guys stood in relation to one another? They are all within about um, 10 feet of each other. In that case, then, I am going to use my remaining second spell slot, and I'm going to cast Shatter, which is a sudden loud ringing noise, painfully intense, erupts from a point of your choice within range. Each creature within a 10-foot radius sphere centered on, uh, the point, uh, on the central point must take a constitution saving throw. Constitution saving throw uh, versus your DC, which is? Spell DC is 15. 15, so. Uh, guy with the long swords. Makes it. Guy with a crossbow and a club. Makes it. Fuckers. Slightly weedy guy next to him. Makes it. Well, fuck you. They still take damage. They just take half damage. And it's 3d8s. So that's 2, 10. 16, so half of 16. So, they, yeah, they all take 8 damage each. The, the weedy guy, who, who doesn't appear terribly well-armed, um, so just holding a, a bit, just a, a short club, grabs his head and, and drops to his knees. The guy holding the longsword appears to have been rocked by that, although he's, he's still standing. He's got blood coming out of his ears. The guy with the, with the crossbow seems... Um, he, he actually he, he doesn't seem to be, be doing too badly, actually. He's, he seems to be gearing up for... Uh, he just seems to have pissed him off a bit, I think. So he, it's, it's almost like, like, fuck these guys, kind of thing. You sort of see, see his face harden. So, uh, Biddy, uh, nominate who's next. Gimbal. Gimbal is going to... Kill that fucking plan. Oh, I wanted to kill the plan. Okay. <laughs> Gimbal's not going to kill the fucking plan, yeah. Um, can if you want to. So the one that looks like he's not taking any damage then, Gimbal's going to cast Cloud of Daggers on him. He's having a bad day, isn't he? Yeah. Well, Sword in the thighs, all his hair has been burnt off. <laughs> cloud of Daggers fill the air with spinning daggers in a cube five feet on each side, centered on a point I choose within range, which is 60 feet. A creature takes 4d4 slashing damage when it enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there. 
So that, that's cast. Um, it doesn't do any damage now, it does it on its turn, yeah? Yeah, start of its next turn. Okay, how do you want to save that? What does that look like? There's no actual daggers visible. It's just literally, think, you know, sword flashing in the light, you know, bl- glinting off the blades. and So just like little random, like, flicker, flicker, flickers. Light, yeah. and, and, and you can hear sort of like lots of scissors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to move or do anything? Um, are we at the base of this wall or are we a bit away from it? You are at the base of it. So you are about, um, about we'll, we'll say you're about 10 feet away from these guys. So I'm going I'm to move another, a further 10 feet away so that I'm 10 feet away from this freaky fucking noisy plant as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It has stopped screaming now. I think that's it. You don't have to roll for it. All right, cool. Until he spell, starts his turn. First level now. spell just does it. Yeah, uh, I was, was going to roll damage at it unless we do that when he starts his turn. Do it when you start his turn. Who's next? That would be Karahad. Karahad, what are you doing? I want to take my hand axe out and swipe at the plant. Okay, do so. Four. <laughs> <laughs> you rolled a four. Yes. Then you add a number to it. What number do you uh, add? Yeah. It's, um, it's, on, it's on your sheet. <laughs> you can do this. You can, you can do this. No, no, no. Nine. Nine. No. <laughs> uh. I was you going for strength. With it. It's been two months. Attack bonus plus seven. Plus seven. Yeah. So four plus seven. Eleven. Hits. <laughs> we got there. Yeah. <laughs> it's been two months. I've been blinded. You've been playing for a year. <laughs> More than a year. I've been blinded. I have a headache. Yeah, you, you're going to hit the shrub. Do some damage for me. Six. Eleven. Um, yeah, he has a plus five. Oh, fucking yeah. hell. He is literally a motherfucking tank. <laughs> uh, like, with, with a bear. He's, he's the strongest person anyone has ever met. <laughs> Excellent. Like, one step down from a god. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Describe how you take this thing out. Well, I, I get up. I wanted it to be, still be screaming for a stop, so I can't. If you want so it, it to still be screaming. Dive over. <laughs> I want it to be screaming. Dive over. Still a bit blinded, so I can't really see. Take a big swipe. <laughs> Instead of screeching, you just hear... Silence, and it's just like. Ah. <laughs> so we left is is the sound of the the rolling thunder and the rain. Who's next? Uh, so it would be uh, Jace. You're next. I look at the guy with the long sword and I just say, "That's my fucking sword!" and charge him. <clears throat> it is your sword. Charge. Do it. So I'm going to charge him and I'm going to hit him with my. I'm, I'm still unarmed, so I'm going to hit him with my two unarmed attacks and I'm going to use my last key point to do another flurry of blows. In fact, I'm not even going to charge him. I'm going to slowly almost just saunter up to him, just just every move I make, just telling him I'm taking my fucking sword back, showing him my open hands. Actually, what I want you to do is roll me intimidation first. Let's see what happens. Intimidation. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, How does that work? I, I, uh, let's say it's your uh, dex. Intimidation. You, Charisma. Are you, are you proficient in intimidation? I am not. Okay, um, I want you to roll. Well, you can now you can be charisma if you want, or you can roll your dex as you're definitely sort of being roll my dex. Thirteen. He's he's taking. He's definitely taking notice of you. <laughs> so I just come at him as soon as I come within range. Maybe he makes a duck. Maybe he makes a block. Whatever he does, I'm just this flow of movement. Just blows coming out of every angle, every sort of which way. Whenever he thinks I'm not going to hit him, that's exactly where I hit him. Wherever he goes, so too does your fist. So too does my fist and my knees. So first attack is 11. 11 uh, is going to hit. Second attack is a... It's a 5. Does not hit. No. It's a, yeah, it's a 5. Natural 1 on my third attack. And... <laughs> Despite all my swagger, I obviously suck. His 
He seems to, almost through his clumsiness, he just, he just an elbow or an arm or a bit of armor gets in the way of most of my blows. Only the first one landing. Mm-hmm. And that does two damage. Plus dex, so five. Five damage. So as, as you come up, he's all favoring one leg and you just come in and, and, and catch him nicely on it. But as he sort of falls and tries to regain his, his feet, he's um, just through pure luck is avoiding your blows. One of the chaps comes along and... Um, so is it someone who ent- enters? No, no, it enters or starts their turn. Who enters it or starts their turn in it? Yeah. Uh, roll me the damage, please. Ten. Ten? Jace, you take ten damage. What? Because you came up to this guy... It was the same guy who got the, this... This. I thought he went for the guy with the crossbow. I did. Oh, abs- no, yeah, you're, absolutely, no, you're absolutely right. No, don't take 10 damage. I thought I was being very clever then. Um, <laughs> I, I, see, I was going to wait until he'd done all the math and then go, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's done it to us often. But I'm not a spellcaster anymore, so I'm not made out of glass. Uh, damn it. Watch, on the net, when, he, when it actually is the guy with the crossbow, it's going to be for four ones. Um, Jace, roll me a dex, please. Just a flat dex. Nothing else. Natural twenty. Oh, Ooh. all right. So um, because I got the the maths wrong on this, actually, I thought you were a different guy attacking. So this, this sort of you know you sort of end up missing him with a few blows as, as this guy goes down. And he kind of like reaches for his sword, pulls it free from the scabbard because he was having problems. He's obviously not trained with this thing. He's treating it like a you know fishwife's broom or whatever. Sweeps it out, but as he does so, his arm just sort of like stops working, and it flops. And he looks really confused at it, and then he sort of drops as his leg stops working, and he just looks looks up at you. This really confused look on his face as he his eyes sort of glass over, <laughs> and he just <sighs> and from inside his chest you just hear this little five fingered death punch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you just have this moment in in the battle, just look and go. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought would happen. As he slips to the ground, you just go, whoop, I'll take that longsword. You're now armed. Yay. And uh, worried about what this rain is going to do to it. The guy... <laughs> <laughs> so to- sorry, totally non-D&D moment. Sword out in the rain, it's going to rust. Congratulations. The, um... the chap with the crossbow is going to take 10 damage. Yep. As he sort of swings around to look at this mad chap who's just come along and done some weird sorcery on, on his friend. He sort of brings his crossbow to bear, but suddenly you hear this snick, 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 snick. And as, he, as he turns, a sort of gash opens up on his arm. As he's turning his head, it's a gash opens up on his uh, face. And anything he's doing to try and get away from this, like reacting to it, opens up another um, wound. So it's like it's, it's almost like you want to shout at him, stay still for fuck's sake! But he's just... And he, he, so, twitching. Yeah. <laughs> Drops his crossbow. He's looking around and he just throws himself in any direction to try and get away from this. So uh, evens forward towards you guys. Odds away. Someone roll. Odds. He, he drops this and he throws himself down the side of this uh, field boundary. High or low for good result. Hi. That's a one. Uh, <laughs> stop saying hi. Um, so he, he throws himself. He, he doesn't seem to do any damage on the way down, but he's just throwing himself out of this this area where all these things are like snickering around him. But he is prone, uh, so he's going to try and sort of like pick himself up again. Um, and he's without his crossbow, so he's now not close enough to to attack anyone. Meanwhile, this weedy guy who is really not looking well is going to look around, look scared, 
uh, and he, he raises his um, well, he raises his hand, and there's a rock in it. And for a moment, it looks like he's going to throw it at you, but you're you're looking at him now, and you can sort of, you know taking his features. You can see that as he raises his hand up, there's actually scales. The sleeve of his robe drops down. There's scales on his arm. And so you, you recognise this now that this is this is one of the people who've been chosen and not quite fully turned. A light erupts from this stone and he throws it straight up in the air, and it seems to go for a very long distance, uh, almost like a flare in the night. It falls down again, so it goes up maybe like you know, thirty odd feet, forty feet, something like that. Pretty good for a little weedy guy, and it falls back onto this wall. And he looks around. He is going to try and run. <laughs> <laughs> down the side of this this wall back to his his friend who's fallen over and just picked himself up which he manages to do so he sort of goes over and he's um, he's half like supporting himself and half kind of supporting his friend but he doesn't look in a good way and they've disappeared from view from all of you apart from Jace who's up at the top of this wall you guys can't see them now we'll say Jace has the, the, the lead because you can see them having uh, reclaimed my sword I'm, I'm going to charge after these bastards these holy Joe motherfuckers and uh, particularly the one that just threw the stone up in the air. I don't don't trust what he's done. So one, I want to get away from the stone, and two, I want to kill these fuckers. Okay, um, so I'm going to say that if you're, you're charging these guys, I want to, I want you to to roll me an acrobatics, please. I need to stop using that word. So it's fifteen plus three plus two, so twenty. Twenty. Yep. You can make this as florid as you like as you roll your attack. So you describe what you want to do. Reunited with my. Sword, which is it's, it's, it's a two-handed long sword, it's slightly curved, not somewhere in between, sort of a katana and a scimitar. The, the word you're looking for is Kriegsmesser. It is a Kriegsmesser. Are you googling that, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> just, I just thought just casually go. Yeah, I'm just gonna reach for my yes. face. It means war knife. Yeah. Imagine a saber with a two-handed grip. For, for people that don't spend evenings uh, Im- image googling various different types of medieval weaponry, this is an RPG actual play podcast. Every single person <laughs> is going to do exactly that. <laughs> Let's not make it easy for them. Geeks love it. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> just describe describe your floridly swinging the sword about me to sort of confuse where the strike is actually going to come from. Uh, I approach the the weaker one. The, the one is just on the rock in the air, just aiming straight at his neck with a with a full power blow. So nineteen. Nineteen is gonna hit. And I roll a nine plus my deck, so that's twelve damage. Okay. No, it's thirteen damage. He's very dead. How dead is 12 he? Twelve damage. He's he's his head flies off, spurting blood. The arterial spurt going full bore. Is it a funny color because he's half half it's, chosen? It is red. It is red. That's a shame. <laughs> the colour is not the interesting thing about that blood. Oh dear. Uh, and uh, you've, 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 you're still a monk. You've still got a million. I, well, I, I've used all my key points. Um, when you attack four knowledge, and a half thousand make, more strikes this turn, yeah? I can make one unarmed strike as a bonus action if the other guy is in range. Um, if he's in... I can say, well, th- those guys were kind of like arm in arm. They were, you know, supporting right. each other up. So this guy Spinning is, around uh, from the, the already decapitated decapitating blow. I make a quick elbow punch towards the other guy's head, which fails miserably. What did you roll? I rolled a two, so that's three. With advantage, because he's got a dead weight on him now. Eight, so 11, 13. He's going to hit him. 1d4 for damage. That's seven. So you come and you elbow him in the head. He actually looks very dazed right now. 
He's, he's, he's not unconscious and he's Hit not dropping the nose base. and the blood is just splurting all over the place and it's in his eyes and he can't see and he's just reeling while somehow still supporting a headless body of his best friend. And you become very aware that um, you're now on your own with this guy and none of has come over the, the thing yet. What, who goes next? Uh, I believe... If I was still going in order, we're still going on who... Uh, he's nominating you. Okay, cool. Uh, so why don't nominate the guy furthest away from me? <laughs> uh, what you can also do has is that um, in in combat, um, he's on you can have six words, around about six words, um, to communicate something, but you can't have a conversation back and forth. Uh, so on your turn, yeah. Help six times. Are any of you pussies gonna come over here? <laughs> Gimbal. Are you just gonna say no? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I can't climb a fucking ten foot wall and get all the way up. No, not, I can't make it. I can't get uh, over there. What's your speed? Speed is twenty five. Twenty five. You can get halfway up there. Halfway up the wall. That's going to do like no good. You can get far enough up that you cool. could just crest the hill and yeah. there's two decapitated corpses next to me. You can get far enough up that you could see over it. You can get line of sight over it. Um, I'll just I'll just scale the wall quick as can. Draw my bow and try and shoot the uh, the guy who's next to him. Oh, not bad, actually. 17. Is going to hit. Do some damage. Cool. Seven. Explain to me how this guy dies. Ooh. Um, I'm just, yeah, just going to say I'm just going to take a wild shot through the side of his neck and out the other. <laughs> so, Jace, as you um, hit this guy in the face and it sets you up for this absolutely beautiful, epic-worthy shot where you're thinking, I'm going to bisect this guy from the groin to the, the crown of his head. Um... This is going to be so sweet. They're going to sing about this. This is like, yeah, I can tell stories about this. People will buy me drinks because of this. And just as you're going, this guy just hits the ground with a neck, uh, arrow in his head. <laughs> and we're out of combat. The, the thin, weedy guy who's just been decapitated. As the rest of you crest the wall to see what's going on, you see this guy, there's one, one guy with an arrow in his neck who's, who just hits the ground. And you can see very clearly that the, the guy next to him who's wearing some robes, um, you know, there's one arm outstretched, which you can clearly see now that like he's got two fingers. He's like a little little finger and his ring finger, and his thumb are human still, but the other two fingers have, have merged into a into a, a talon, <clears throat> with scales running up just that that part of his hand, and his his blood is is running freely out of his his neck as his heart just gives you like there's a last spurt of you know, arterial blood, and it just starts oozing rather than flowing. Rue, as you are looking at this. Do you want to do a detect magic? Yes, I will do a detect magic. Thank you. <laughs> you really need to see the DM's expression before you say yes to this kind of things, Rue. Roll me an arcana check. That is... 14. You extend your senses again, and you start getting that white noise again, and you manage to dial it back, turn the gain down. So it's just such a weak version of the ability that you've been using, you know, almost like... Um, uh, you're sort of shading your eyes magically, as it were. The light dims and you start to see uh, colours swirling in there. And there's a lot of colours in. You're seeing every colour of magic. Absolutely every colour. But it seems to coalesce into into this greenish-purplish colour that you, you recognise as the, the colour of sort of bringing things into being or of uh, moving things. It's, it's warping reality to bring things from other places. Mm. Or to send things in, into into other into other realms, <clears throat> or to move yourself, and you see it all condense, and 
it stops like filling your entire vision and it focuses entirely on this pool of blood that's forming around this guy's neck and then it's gone in a flash and there's an after image in your head and it sort of forms a trajectory like it's actually mm. shot off somewhere like a, like a you know Star Wars blaster kind of yeah which goes off to um, uh, someone give me a random direction west uh, so just off the road and you feel a rumble and another rumble and then another one and then you hear the moving of vegetation and another rumble and you hear something being struck hard as there's a laugh a very deep bass laugh looking west you see in the night just coming into your range of vision. Everyone else is looking around and going, oh, what's going on? Is this an earthquake or something? Um, you see an absolutely titanic figure with a club. And you can see him clearly as he comes towards where you are, trampling things. Pay no heed to the things he's uh, kicking out with his feet. Um, you roughly, this is, don't you? roughly how much in my head do I calculate it'll take him to cover this distance he's not in a rush so uh, I want you to make an intelligence check for me please yep get behind that rock now that panther's gone the thing is is it going to be one of those that's activated by movement if it sees us moving is it going to make a beeline for us probably I don't have to be faster than it I just have to be faster than the rest of you (laughs) I am vision is based on movement (laughs) Uh, it's predator It's a what, sorry? Ten. You reckon this thing must be at least... <laughs> Actually, one, two, three, four, five, six. Someone roll me a d6. Oh. Five. One, two, three, four, five. That's not as bad as it could be. That is not as bad as it could be. You think this, this thing um, is probably it's about 16 feet tall. And it's coming in your direction. So it seems to be moving slowly, but it's covering a lot of, a lot of ground. You think it's probably going to be with you in the next sort of 30 seconds to a minute, maybe, depending on if it goes in a straight line. So who can see it? Because we're on opposite sides of the boundary wall. Uh, I'll say that... Um, I'm on the far side and the rest these, of them These guys are... have just sort of come up and are standing on the crest of this, this thing, so to see right. what's going on. I think you could all choose to see this at the moment, but um, Rue well, has, has the lead on this. What I was going to say is, in my head, I'm thinking, well, we don't have time to run, so I'm going to shout at these guys... Uh, shout and point fucking look at that thing get yourselves ready you can also see Rude that it's still glowing the colours of conjuration magic can I roll a history or whatever to see if I've ever heard of anything like this in my stories so this is an easy-ish task this thing likewise can I roll for that because I've got I've got knowledge in magical history and folklore yep and that's that's 19 as Gimbal looks over, um, you're, just, you're actually slightly confused. It's like, is, is that thing small or really far away and big? <laughs> <laughs> and small. You're sort of, you're sort of you're holding your hand up away. and it's close and your thumb up there and you put the thumb to this, and you're sort of, like, sort of taking a read on it and, and you know, moving your hand sort of close to your eyes and going, no, it can't be a quarter of an inch tall. Hang on, it's further. No, that's, that's <laughs> at least two inches tall. No, no, it's far away. Fuck. Uh, it's a mile tall. Fuck. Um, and that's uh, sort of screwing you up so that you know it could be anything that, um... guess who was watching Father Ted on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> we needed more Father Ted on this show yeah. Rue uh, looking over here you've definitely 
heard of these things. This seems to be something like straight out of legend. This to you is a hill giant. Hill giant. All right. Yeah, you thought these were like stories about things that that lived in far off lands beyond the Great Kingdom um, that you're all part of and across the sea. You've heard the tales of these huge things. I am going to suddenly remember something, and I have just suddenly remembered this. Uh, The guy who's dead on the floor and whose blood is pooling, I'm going to stab him in the forehead. So you race down there and you turn him over. Make me an investigation roll, please. Fourteen. Fourteen, okay. So firstly, um, as, as you do go over, you just stab him in the forehead. You just turn the body over and then realise there's no head. Where's the head? Okay, so you grab the head, take your, your dagger and plunge it in there. And nothing quite happens. But then you're thinking, right, fuck. Uh, but you roll this guy over and you noticed he was uh, carrying a very small dagger on his belt. Like skiing do size. Yes, I would like to try and stab him with that then. I'm just going to say the hill giant, uh, now everyone uh, is... You can all see this. It is um, a half-naked creature, about 16 to 18 feet tall. It looks like um, uh, a pretty root fella. If, if anyone's read the Dark Tower series, he looks root. Wearing a loincloth, uh, which might be the skin of an entire cow, who knows. Um, and wielding this huge club and just like wailing around. And just seems to be taking like, childlike glee in knocking over stones and rocks and stone walls and is very clearly seeing you and is going (laughs) assuming that this thing is pretty stupid i am going to run towards the embankment and try and find a place where i can sort of burrow in and help as it as it sort of chases other people it's going to walk past me is my thought so i can get it from behind (laughs) maybe in the hamstring maybe a stealth roll please Brave Sir Robin ran away. Six for a minute. Brave Sir Robin ran away. Fourteen. Yeah, you you can do that. Let's, uh, let's, what's his passive? Let's have a look here. Yeah, yeah that's going to be his passive. So you you manage to sort of skitter away uh, and sort of not quite over the top of this uh, wall because you don't want to expose yourself on the, the ridge line. So you sort of hunker down between the the large black boulder and the and the intersection of this wall. Um, you seem to sort of melt away. What are the rest of you do? Gimbal is going to. Snatch up the little stone that the guy threw up in the air before. Um, and he's going to throw it as far as he can past the giant. Yeah, still glowing. Strength check. 15. 15 uh, is a moderate difficulty success. So I'll say uh, you could probably throw that, you know, a good like 40 feet away. Just wing it away. It ba- you know, you, you catch the bounce right as well. It sort of rolls along the ground a bit. Um, so it's probably like 45, 50 feet away from you. And uh, he goes, <laughs> and I'm going to roll a wisdom save for him, uh, which he is actually going to fail. He goes, <laughs> as he goes uh, goes towards it a little bit, and um, he tries, tries to look for it, but he tries to look for it in his clubs, like, ah, <laughs> um, and he sort of gets very frustrated and sort of looks up. <laughs> <laughs> And turns back towards where he saw it came from and back towards you. Carrothead, what are you doing? I want to get my uh, longbow ready to go to war. Uh, you get longbow ready, yep. Yep. He's, he's, he's within range if you want to take a pot shot. Yeah, I want to take a pot shot then. Nice one. Uh, 16. 16 is going to hit him. Six. So it's 11 damage. That's 11 damage. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to roll a second edition. Sorry, first edition. I'm going to roll a little morale check for him. You've got a thing you want to do? I want to use a card, yep. Yep. Um, for, for his club, I want to use the disarming attack. So when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can expand one superiority die to attempt to disarm the target, forcing it to drop one item, maybe your choice that it's holding. 
You add the superiority die to the tax damage roll, and the target must make a sense strength saving throw. On a fail save, it drops the object you choose. Roll me your superiority die, which is a d8, I believe. So you add one to the, the damage, uh, which is alright. Um, and he's got to make a saving throw, which you rolled a 16 to hit, so that's going to be the... What did you roll to hit? Uh, 11 plus 5, so 16. 16, yeah. so that's going to be the DC, I think. It doesn't tell you what the DC of the save is. Shit. Uh, and he is actually going to fail that one. So you sort of, you shoot off and uh, it actually catches him in the wrist and he drops it. It actually sort of flies off a little bit cause he, ah, as he was like swinging it around at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of looks at the club a bit confused and looks at his hand and then looks across and then looks down and just goes... <laughs> <laughs> and winks out of existence. That's probably never happened. What about his club? Does his club disappear or does it stay there? His club is gone as well. You wanted a It's a tree trunk. What's wrong with that? No, no, no. I was just thinking. It's him who's gone. I just wanted to keep it as a memento of something that went right. Yeah, yeah. I rolled the maximum strength instead of using a point spread. Even you probably couldn't use that club. Rue, as you're you're looking at and seeing this happen, and you're sort of readying a strike to to help out and maybe take this creature out, you see that all as all this goes on, you're your sense of, the, of this sort of purpley, greeny sort of energy around this this creature, this, this aura, has been steadily fading, and sort of keeps fading and fading and fading. And as you have the presence of mind to go and um, look for this little little ceremonial dagger on this cult this cultist's belt, uh, you take it out and you sort of plunge it into the head, and just for good measure, kind of like you know, dip it into the the blood pool or whatever, and it actually dries up the entire blood pool. You stick it into the head. The head, you know, the, the skin goes white completely. It's like it's been drained of blood entirely. Um, and you stick it into the pool, and it just dries up. As it dries up, the magic sort of aura fades from this this pool of blood. Uh, the same moment that that fades away is the moment that the giant disappears. I'm fairly close to him. What does this dagger look like? I mean, this this dagger is um, it's, it's essentially a tiny little skin do which um, for folks in America who um, treat the Scottish nationality as a hobby um, is actually a, a knife for shucking um, oysters. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, it's, that's why everyone had one, because fucking oysters everywhere. So uh, it's, it's, it's like a, a one and a half inch dagger. And on top of it is uh, what seems to be like a stylized dragon head carved in a black wood of some sort. Does, does the blade look like it's made out of any kind of like special metal or anything? Roll Arcana. 19. You sort of peer at it and, and you, you have sort of honed your senses at this point and so you've you had to turn the game right down and it's now gone so you turn the game right back up again to normal and it's you sort of extend your senses again um, and you still see like this faint afterglow of uh, conjuration magic again but this seems to be worming around the actual dagger this, is, this seems to be a permanent spell around this dagger. Okay. Guys, search the bodies. Find more of these knives. I'll search the guy with the arrow in his neck. Uh, investigation? 14. You don't find your darts, but you do find that uh, he does have some crossbow quarrels on him. He's got like a thing at his belt. Uh, you could probably go and pick up his heavy crossbow if you wanted. He's, he's got your scabbard around his... Is it a, is it a, a scabbard at the, the belt or is it at the back? Okay. Uh, no, no, that, that's not that guy. 
That, that guy with the arrow in his neck was the one who um, had the crossbow. Oh, and then went down. Yeah, and yeah, then went yeah, down. Yeah. The guy who's still on top of the... Yeah. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's got a club, um, which has sort of just like fallen from his hand. Um, he's, he's wearing normal clothes, as everyone in this cult tends to do. It's like some of the chosen wear robes or whatever, depending so on... So they didn't take my is. clothes? Hmm? So they didn't take my clothes? They did not, no. They might have washed some of them against your will, but... <laughs> Nothing against personal hygiene. He does. He does have um, like a um, an obvious strip of red um, sewn into his tunic, which is a very common thing. So he's probably native. Uh, and you also find um, a, a small pouch of silver. Uh, let's say ten silver. It's about a month's income. You do find a little ceremonial dagger. Is it like the one that? It's exactly the same. Slightly longer blade on it. Like this could be a bit more useful. I mean, it wouldn't be a primary weapon, but you could do a little bit of damage if you had to with it. Who wants to do anything else? Does anyone do anything else? Oh, I'm going to search the guy who's still up on the embankment. Roll me an investigation. Nat 20. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, is you, you, you see the, 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 the scabbard uh, on this, this guy's back. It's uh, obviously been uh, cared for. Fits Jace's weapon that he's twirling around. You, you assume... He seems very familiar with well, it. I'd have seen the guy drawing the sword from it yeah. anyway, so... He doesn't actually have any money on him at all, but he does have a dagger. And, uh, again, that dagger has a the same hilt, slightly longer. The blade, about six inches long. Stick in my belt. Yep. He's shoved the little, little leather scabbard. Yeah. Only he gets stuck with the uh, holy oyster sugar. <laughs> Was it... the? The guy who um, got his head chopped off and was bleeding everywhere, he was the guy with all the lizard, like semi-lizard kind of like transformation stuff going on, yeah? Yeah, yep. Yep. And the other guys didn't have anything, they were just human, yeah? Let's see. Uh, with a nat 20, do you want him to be other than human? Well, I thought that you said earlier on that when, when he was fighting Jace that... Obviously, when he raised his arm, his sleeve fell That back. was the... That was um, the weedy guy. The weedy guy. We, ah, right, yes, yes, of course. Uh, well, I don't know if they're all carrying so you've these... Been, lo- you've been thorough. You know this guy inside and out. I was going to... Rubber gum. <laughs> Snap! Yep. You find his... You treasure in all sorts of places. <laughs> you, you find that he's got a butt plug that's worth two silver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> strange tattoo in a very unusual place. He is not circumcised. It has glasses. <laughs> this bitch has a tramp stamp. And he <laughs> is... Pleased to see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gimbal has very soft hands. <laughs> soft hands and a gentle touch. Just put one at a proctologist, even if you're already dead. Oh, I mean, if they're all carrying these little dragon daggers, chances are these dragon daggers are probably all spelled. I'd imagine that everybody in the cult has probably been advised what to do if, you know, whatever happens, happens. So I'd, I'd say... That they don't all have to be dragon men, but I'd imagine the daggers are all probably enchanted anyway. So I'm not. I'm going to say no. The guy I'm investigating is probably not lizardy, or if he is, he's not very advanced. Hmm? Rue, doing detect magic on on the rest of the bodies. Do they have any kind, the same kind of like aura or magical presence as the the guy without the head? Nope. But the daggers okay. the daggers have the same signature about them. Okay. Guys, we're in real trouble here. We can't... If we can't kill them and then stab them with one of these blades, weird shit like that giant is going to happen. We need to kind of like start taking these guys out without spilling blood, which is going to be tricky. 
Gimbal's just going to say, what's so important about the daggers? <laughs> For the benefit of the audio, I just uh, raised my hands to God. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> but to be fair, in, in world, it's been three days, four days? Yeah. <laughs> These daggers have got some kind of neutralizing effect to because we now know that these guys' powers are based around their blood, and when the blood is spilled, it, the power just you know radiates from it, and these daggers somehow neutralize that. So I don't know how the hell we're going to take these guys out from now on if we can't spill blood. So why don't we just try and stab them with these daggers? What effect will it have on the uh, on the shadows? Now that is an interesting point. So <laughs> I'm just going to rub my hands together and cackle. So, Karahad, I want you to make a perception roll, please. As the only person not looting bodies and doing nefarious things. 18. 18. There's an awful commotion coming from the west, which is back towards the, uh, the compound. And you can see people sort of spilling out everywhere. There's, there's a lot of people moving, and you are not very far away. You are within eye shots. You can see these people moving. Gentlemen, we've only been briefly introduced, despite the fact that we've just spilled blood together, which isn't quite as good as sharing drinks, but it'll have to do for now. Shall we leave expeditiously? Definitely. Uh, I like the way this man thinks. <laughs> okay, so I would like all of you at this point, um, shall we say, uh, are you going to try and move uh, sort of without being noticed, or are you just fucking running? Just running. Uh, yeah. Everyone make me uh, an athletics check, please. Nineteen for the chap with the legs half as long as anyone else. Yep. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Seven for the most athletic person here. Eleven. So what was that about outrunning us? <laughs> um, uh, Fifteen for me. Fifteen. Okay, so you managed to, to get along. It, it seems like you're, you're a bit wrong-footed. It's, it is difficult to, to run on these roads because there's so many rocks everywhere. And, um, you know, huge things have just been carving chunks out and throwing rocks uh, all, all over the place. And it's raining. And you can't quite, you know, sort of get your footing. A lot of you can see in the dark. Some of you can't. Um, it, it's proving very difficult. You're not making a huge amount of headway. And there is a contingent of people, a large contingent of people, who are coming up behind you. And right now, uh, you're being chased by a mob. And I would like to turn this into a skill challenge. I'm going to say um, five successes or five failures. The way a skill challenge works is that you will figure out what skill you're going to use to move you forward or to get you into an adventurous position or to succeed in some way about getting away. Uh, that's your objective, is to, is to freely escape without pursuit or without obvious pursuit. You can roll any skill apart from a skill you just rolled. So uh, if, say if you roll athletics, for example, um, to, to keep running, you can't roll athletics again. Okay. Um, it doesn't have to be one of the actual skills. You could just roll, say, Constitution, which is now having a, uh, a skill next to it. You just say, I'm using Constitution to keep going, let's say. The person who goes after you can't roll the same skill that you just did. But proficiencies and everything remain the same. Yeah, so you're just rolling skills. So um, uh, everyone roll initiative, please. Nat 20. 15. 12. No, 18. 19 for Rue, 18 for Fuzz. Fuss is going to go as part of you um, as part of your okay. go. Um, yeah, so if cool. you want to roll skill and flavour it as him doing something, that you can do that. Gimbal, you're at first. What are you doing to, to improve your situation? Uh, I suppose this will probably come under acrobatics because I'm going to try uh, sort of like zigzagging, ducking, diving, 
Duck, dip, dive, duck, and dodge. Yep. Equipment <laughs> factor. Yeah, and the wrench flies out of nowhere. Yeah. Just because just I'm the <laughs> smallest. Just because I'm the smallest. So okay, I'm thinking. Acrobatics. Is it just a straight up flat D20 or? Uh, I'm going to say that this is going to be. Um, the DC that you're trying to beat is going to be. Let's call it 12, shall we? Okay, well, I rolled a 17 naturally anyway, so. 17, yep, so you're. You're nipping about. Rude, what are you doing? I am going to roll a deception, and I'm going to try and, at the back of the pack, make some disturbance in the undergrowth and make it look like we've gone off the road in a different direction, and then grab a branch and try and cover up our tracks as we go. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is an eight, even with my plus five. Oh, Which is a fail, so you sort of like grab a brush and sort of move things around, but actually what ends up happening is you... The, the wind kind of catches it as the storm builds and you end up just like waving this thing as a flag. <laughs> Good. And everyone chasing you now uh, looks at you and goes, right, that's the one we're going to cornhole. <laughs> Jace, using perception, going to weave and duck around obvious ob- obstacles and keep moving and try and keep the party together by Unless guiding. As, as this idiot starts, you know, waving around and knocking branches over in his clumsy attempts to be deceptive as we rush <laughs> forward. I'm going to help him along and show him what an idiot he is. Okay. 17. 17 does it. So you manage to sort of... He thinks he's, he's doing brilliant stuff. He's like, yeah, no, I've got this. I've got this. And you're like, fucking get on. Karahad. There's a tree that I can just about push over and try to block the path of the way we run into. Okay, roll it. Hulk smash. Athletics. Uh, 22. <laughs> See? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a they're like a scraggly tree. Um, these things. I'll just grab that, and then uh, so I'm just growing out of the, the out of the field boundary and uh, this this stone wall. But you sort of like shy back, thinking of this shrub that just got you think mm, better not. And you see this huge tree that people probably graze goats in, and you just go fuck it and just rip it down and hulk out. It doesn't move at first, but you stare at it. You just rip your shirt open. <laughs> Hulk Hogan style. Yeah. So, you know, cut one hand to your ear. <laughs> rip this thing down. Sort of pump it over your head. And just go, ah, poof, straight in front of you. Good. We're on three successes, one failure. more. I'm going to go with insight to see if I can anticipate what these people are likely to do next. I'm going to say no, because they're running down the road at you. The next thing they're going to do is just keep running down the road. Well, <laughs> yes, I was thinking, because he's just thrown a tree in front of them. So are they going to climb over it? Are they going to go around it, which is going to buy us more time? Are they likely to get tangled in branches, etc.? I'd say knowing what they're going to do isn't going to help you. What is it you are actually doing at this point? Because like, using the perception check to move people is All fine. Right. But just knowing what the, the mob's going to do, I don't think it's going to help you. Insight to see the quickest path? Mm, yes, um, I could do that. I mean, That'd be perception uh, no, more than anything. Perception. I mean, you can you can skill it in like any sort of ways, like uh, intimidation, perhaps, or um, like performance or something. Or, well, I'm thinking, uh, I'm like, thinking, I've, I've got sleight of hand, so I could try misdirection. Mm, sleight of hand is is little tricky things. <laughs> if you had a sleight of hand. Suddenly distracting the whole crowd standing up on his feet. Ladies and gentlemen, look right here. You know what? The thing is, I have got performers. Look over there! <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Yeah, I'll do it. The giant! Like, the insight into my thought process is that generally speaking, if, it, if, it's, if it makes sense, then your DC is 12. If it doesn't make sense, your DC is 20. Right. <laughs> so, in that case, I'm, I'm going to try deception. I'm going to try basically saying, oh my god, the giant's back! And whatever, see if it's... You're looking for 12. 11. Oh, they're not buying it. Like, a couple of them look over, like, yeah, bollocks to that. And they start um, running up, and some of them get sort of caught in this in the, in the tree, and um, they're sort of trying to move it. Because there's, you know, there's field boundaries everywhere. Like, it's, it's hard to move around. So, like, uh, this tree was huge as well, so it's you know, cracked everywhere. So they're having problems, and they're sort of going around and tripping over each other. But they're, they're making it. And, uh, Jay, uh, Rue. I'm going to try and intimidate them. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop and turn and shout obscenities at them and try and put them off. You've got a thing that helps you, like, like uh, your fey visage or something, isn't it? Well, saying that, I wasn't sure if I could use that because that's you actually actual... no, you absolutely can. It's you can use powers and skills and all sorts. Of, you know, it just flavor it how you want. So um, roll it first, and then okay, tell me what you do. Next on the roll. Um, okay, so the ability to project the beguiling presence. So okay. Uh, oh, that's an eighteen plus uh, twenty-one. Okay, so your task now is to tell is to tell me how this intimidation thing that you do. Um, leads to your fair escape. Well, if it's I can just plain outright use my fey presence. Um, it's, it, however, you want to flavour that. You you knocked it out of the park. Okay, then in that case, um, how how wide is this road? This road, I would say, it's about thirty feet wide. Okay, so it's a ten foot it's a ten foot cube. Yep. And I'm going to say that um, I kind of like cast it at the middle of the people at the front of the charge this wave of kind of like fear and terror and holy shit because just their entire perception of me changes to to be fearful and they kind of stop in the tracks and because there's a whole group of them following behind them as well they kind of all topple over one another and they kind of snarl themselves up and as they sort of pick themselves up and the fear dissipates and they get angry again and start trying to charge you're not there disappeared into the night and we'll end there Dungeons and Dragons is owned by Wizards of the Coast. The song was Shards of Glass by Louis Barabbas and the Bedlam Six. Sound effects provided by BattleBards.com. Hey! hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was kind of, I was really hoping you guys would get, get caught. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. Okay, I'll get that working for today. Yeah, my check. One, two, one, two. Bienvenue, mesdames et messieurs. Bonjour. The smart ass is Dave. Hello, um, Dave. Dave Hello. Is, is joining us from the How We Roll podcast uh, ah. Christmas Shit City. Uh, and because I want to bring down their podcast and And I thought I was actually you know, sort of an outside the box RPG till I played with uh, Aram Doro. And I was just, you know, doing my standard damage within the rules of my character, and they were like, what would happen if I, sh- you know, tried to put this with this on, attach it to my crossbow, and, <laughs> fuck. Oh. Yeah, Doug, Doug plays Doro, is very much um, an instigator character, although that doesn't do me justice. It's more like, this huge Leviathan rises out of the sea and swamps your boat, and it's this god-like thing that... It's covered with adamantine, it's covered with power armor, and he goes, I teleport this back and I stab it. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. I I believe uh, Gimbal was in the process of falling out of a window. I'm an asshole, I'm a drunkard, and I'm a womanizer, so... Oh, great, I get to offend people with a new accent. A new bad accent, it's amazing. No, no, you, no, do, you do a fucking accent. I, did you not notice that the last episode we played, Rudy was trying to put a South African accent to yeah. say, oh, accent. It, it was absolutely pitch perfect, and I will have nothing bad said against it. <laughs> that was his practice on how to get into the accent. Yeah, it was a me for real. Um, I would have let you get away with anything. Yeah. If, you, if you just said, um, look, there's a dragon, there would have been a fucking dragon. <laughs> if you'd have just done it with the accent. There's absolutely no parallel to Conan. I don't know, I don't, it's, it is actually important, but I don't know if anyone's getting hints, is, so I'll tell you now, it's important! Don't tell me y'all gonna make me do that voice. No. Yes, I am. Oh, did you get, did you get the, the full booking about being what? The first time she met these guys, she, it was amongst a pile of bodies. She just strolled out, met these people, had absolute contempt for them, no regard at all for the huge pile of bodies on the floor, and proceeded to uh, ask where the king lived, and went there in her gyrocopter, which was in her backpack. So, <clears throat> it's leaving us all stood there looking at each other going, oh, what the fuck? Anyone who isn't loved is sub. Like, Subhuman. Yeah, just not worth it. And <laughs> no patience whatsoever. I actually asked, could I do a language check? She's definitely speaking your language. I was like, no, no, can I do a language check, please? <laughs> I don't know how I'm doing with more work, but it's actually generally the first uh, stabbed some poor, poor chap in the leg. One of the shows. Accidentally. Carrying, Accidentally. Carrying food at 4 a.m. So he's obviously got a hard job. Basically, I would have rolled into this town after looking for the nearest brothel. Uh, obviously, fell into the wrong crowd. Threw my arm over a couple of you know, smocked guys. Like, where could I find the nearest drink? Very all sort of uh, you know Jack Sparrow kind of looking guy. <laughs> and been bundled off to the re-education camp. As soon as, you know, they, they shut me down and as I've got over being an asshole and realized, ah, I'm sorry, I remember you, I'm going to be as insincerely as possible. The blood shall be open with you. The blood shall be open with you. So as soon as these guys came in and I saw something that funny was going on, the blood shall be Just wandered out and tried to, try to find out what the heck's going on because I'm looking for the nearest exit. Yeah, exactly. So let's say, as a, this is a thing that's happened, so, uh, okay. Play it. That look in a DM's eye is never good. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Ooh, we have an archaeologist in the room. Yeah, I feel dirty just saying the word geology. Um, so... <laughs> Get off the road! Um... Uh... Okay, um... Um... Uh... And... Um... Um... And, uh... Alright. So... Um... Uh... Um... Um, and, um, um, <clears throat> I thought, well, I was reading this, I thought, I'm never going to use that skill, that's well, so camp.
but I am unarmed now. So you <laughs> most definitely are. Did not foresee the, the being completely unarmed kind of thing. Look at this. There's a mind battle going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Pro DM tip, always fish for a one. So, shrub, dead. Good. There is literally in D&D, an awakened shrub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's far from the weirdest thing that there is in the monsters, man. Oh yes, I know. We, we've seen like the, the fucking lobster beast and shit. Well, I want—I was thinking about playing as one of the races. Is this sort of winged bird man the thing? Yeah. yeah, and I thought oh, that looks like fun. And then just no, Paul, say it correctly. A <laughs> croaker. <laughs> yes, that's Fuck how you off. say it. Yeah. Exactly. Having to talk like that made me just think. No. <laughs> it's the, the weedy-looking guy. The weedy-looking guy. Yep. The weedy-looking guy. Oh, I can't make this any good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I like his plot hints. This plot I already get. Joe's, I still have no fucking idea what's happening. See, the thing is, he's spent a lot of time leading up to that, and he's only just literally spelled <laughs> it out. <sighs> Very important thing to know about me <laughs> is that, um, if I do not physically draw out, like, 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 like I cross myself at fucking Catholic, is if I don't draw out a compass rose in front of me, I will, every single time, get east and west the wrong way around. <laughs> every single time, 100% of the time. At, one, at some time, we, we are going to do a Dungeons & Dragons cartoon game again, because um, we, we always do a Christmas special, and I always forget to record it. Um, but I really like the game that we did, they cornhole Tiamat. Oh god, we did, didn't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs>